Star Wars franchise, about something like 60% of their revenue comes through merchandise. Star Wars and Transformers and Spider-Man and Cars and Harry Potter and so many of these companies, about anywhere between 30 to 60% of their revenue comes through merchandise itself. Somebody who has thousands of followers or maybe a million followers, you know, has to say, right? I, I, I go back to an example which I came across about Raj Shamani creating this platform called House of X, let's say a movie production house. Uh, needs to says, hey, we are, we are coming up with an awesome movie and you know, two months down the line, the movie is going to be released and we need to produce uh, merchandise, right? The challenge is how much inventory to hold and who is going to own the inventory? What happens if the inventory doesn't sell? What happens if there is more orders than there is inventory? During your entrepreneurial journey where you like completely uh, went broke and you were in 3 CR debt which is yeah. very like very high. So how did you recover from that? On today's episode, we have with us Srikant Acharya. Srikant is a founder and CEO of Offineeds. Offineeds corporate gifting ke market ke operate karta hai, especially in the niche of employee gifting. This podcast episode, I and Srikant have talked about the merchandising industry. What is merchandising industry shape throughout the world and especially in India. We have seen that the Barbie and Taylor Swift era ke tour ke around how the merchandise has millions of revenue generated in millions. So, we have seen a very good conversation. Second, we have talked about employment ka future. After 5 years, 10 years, employment is going to shape in India. And now, the young generation is going to expectations from the companies. If you want to corporate gifting merchandising, then watch this episode till the end. Because there is a interesting conversation with me and So, on that note, welcome to another episode of Just Curious Podcast, where we decode the mindset of our guest through curiosity. And on today's episode, I decoded the mindset of Srikanth Acharya. Hi Srikanth, how are you? Hi Utsav, I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. I know your journey, right? You were software engineer, then started your job at Infosys. Then after your, uh, you know, Apple full joke, you started the needs company. So for the context for our audience, needs is a B2B corporate gifting venture, correct? That's absolutely correct. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to know where that entrepreneurial bug, uh, you know, came into your mind. Actually, uh, I think it was uh, less about apna khud ka chalu karna hai, but more about uh, uh, you know, kind of being curious and kind of uh, being restless, so to say. Uh, I think I have been kind of an entrepreneur from a very young time because I remember my first business I started when I was, uh, not started, I would say, I did my first business transaction when I was some 10 or 12 years old or something like that, where what I did is uh, back then, WWF used to be a big thing and there used to be this thing called trump cards where you would get trump cards of your favorite wrestlers and unka like rank and biceps and chest and weight, height, all those used to be there, used to play against uh, these kids. So at that point of time, I wanted like a winner in the WWF would get this uh, winner's belt. It's a big grand belt and I wanted that. But I had said nothing doing, I'm not buying you any one of those nonsense things. 
Then I said, okay, at least buy me a pack of cards. He said, I'm not going to buy you a pack of cards also because you've been too adamant about this. Then I took it as a summer project and uh, I took a pack of playing old playing cards from a uh, from a club near the house and then got this big poster, a big chart which had small stamp size pictures of all the uh, wrestlers and I pasted it on the cards and I hand wrote and I made my own pack of cards. Now wow. that was so cool that all the kids in the neighborhood loved it and one of them offered to buy it out and I thought hey this is pretty interesting. Then after that I went on to make those kind of custom made pack of trump cards for different people. So one kid said hey. Uh, you know, Undertaker is number three rank. Can you make it number one in my pack? I said, yeah, sure, done. And then I made a pack for girls with only women, women uh, uh, wrestlers in it and things like that. So that that was the first uh, business deal that I remember. But after that, I think almost every summer I used to go around selling something, uh, some burning some DVDs, doing doing all kinds of stuff during college <laughs> is what I remember. Yeah, like you are running this from last. Now, 20 years now, I can 18 say. 18 years, actually. 18, yeah. 18 years. You're running this from 18 years. As you said, uh, during our previous conversation that we did a few days ago, that you said that B2B is a very boring business, you know? <laughs> so, like, what keep you going right now as well? Like, what is that drive that is pushing you to push your boundaries, push your limit, push your team's limit? Yeah. Uh, you are right about what I said, right? Generally, B2B are boring businesses. Why? And, and let me explain the context in which I said that, right? Um, usually, consumers are the first to adapt to new technology, whether it's social media, whether it's e-commerce, whether it's content or anything. It's created for consumers first. Businesses and enterprise are a little slow to adapt to change because there is the entire hierarchy and they have legacy systems and change means everybody in the organization needs, needs new training and things like that. So, so in that sense, I said uh, B2B businesses are generally boring, um, but I love my business. I love the corporate gifting business for a bunch of reasons. One, I'm a merchandise geek, right? I love, even during college fest, I would like to collect t-shirts of different colleges. I would get involved in college making t-shirts and uh, hoodies and trophies and things like that for college fest. When I would travel, I even today when I travel, I love collecting memorabilia from where wherever it is that I go traveling. And and my first business experience was creating merchandise in that sense, right? Creating the custom-made play cards. So uh, I love merchandise. And the reason I really love merchandise is because I believe that merchandise uh, gives a tangible angle or a physical, takes the physical form of how you feel about a particular thing, about that holiday or about that particular event or about that organization or about that brand or anything like that, right? Uh, you know, Royal Enfield sells so many Royal Enfield merchandise. I, I, I think even before you own the bike, you own a couple of Royal Enfield merchandise if you're an avid biker. So I think that's the power of uh, merchandise and that's why I really love the business. And come on, who does not like gifts, right? When you give somebody a gift, you're really, really spreading joy. So uh, I believe I'm in an awesome, awesome business where we get to uh, create brand ambassadors every single day and where we get to spread joy every single day. What's not to like about that? Hmm. Interesting. So I wanted to talk to you regarding merchandise. I will come to that. But uh, uh, let's say during this 18 years of your time, what were some of those things that you unlearned? You are an avid learner that I picked from your initial conversation that we had, that you are very actively observing. You know, there are some guys who are passively observe you. They are not actively, but you actively observe people, which I 
got the vibe from our initial conversation what are some of those things you unlearned during your whole journey that okay shrikanth i because 0 to 1 1 to 10 and 10 to 100 requires a different set of skill sets you know absolutely so 18 years is a very long period of time what were some of those things you unlearned that made you a better entrepreneur yeah awesome i think that's a brilliant question that you ask utsav and i think a uh, uh, lot of us speak about how inter- how like you use the word avid learner right i'm an avid learner but i think we f- tend to forget that if we want to learn something and the key to learning is actually implementing something if you need to learn and implement something the the premise is that you need to be prepared to unlearn something there could be some mindsets there could be some blockages that you might have and this is a continuous continuous process i won't say this is one particular thing and like you rightly said the journey from 0 to 1 1 to 10 10 to 100 and 100 to you know upwards is completely different the the rules of the game completely change it's like playing you're playing gully cricket and then you are playing tennis ball cricket tournament then you are playing hard ball cricket and then you are playing hard ball cricket uh, you know at a at a state level or at a national level or something like that so the the rules the discipline everything completely changes and uh, business is a lot like that uh, so to my credit i love learning i love taking up new courses i love uh, you know uh, reading books and uh, i like uh, listening to a lot of podcasts and um, Uh, i i think i'm a quick action taker so if i find something that's interesting i take action really fast and i try to implement whatever i've learned as quickly as possible and the basis for that is the um, uh, ability or the uh, mindset to say hey i'm letting go of some things because some things which i knew are not relevant anymore and especially in today's day and age in business i think that's happening faster than ever yeah. right uh, because you know uh, in Five years back, the way the business looked is very, very different from how it is right now. Uh, today, let me give you an example. Right, uh-huh. there was a phase in my life where I would say I'm not on social media at all, and at that point of time, it was okay because it was a distraction. I was there in that particular phase where I just wanted to focus on business, and being present on social media did not add any value to uh, to me being able to grow my business at all. It was more of a personal thing. But then, you know, social media evolved. right the, the uh, you know social media became a very very important tool to be able to market yourself but and today i feel that every business has to be a content creator in some way or the other if they are not they are missing so uh, what is right at one point of time will be wrong at another point of time and the ability to learn and to adapt and unlearn like you said is uh, very very critical there are so many things that happen throughout the social media is one of the examples which comes to my mind right and why do you say that content creation is right now important even for a b2b business see whichever business you are in uh because of there are two three things which have happened in the last four five years one is the uh, rise of the smartphones everybody has a smartphone in their hand the penetration of internet internet penetra internet is probably um the cheapest in the world in india right now there is yeah. no other country where internet is almost you know free uh in 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 that sense right and because of that people are spending a lot of time whoever your customer is they are spending a lot of time on their phones and your top 5 10 apps are going to be similar it's going to be instagram it's going to be facebook linkedin and it's going to be your ott apps and entertainment apps and those kind of things is what going to be there apart from your own business which is there now uh, now one of the ways to be able to do marketing in business is organic now organic uh 
your business what, what is organic you have your blogs and you have your other kinds of content you have pr and all of that kind of stuff but i believe currently where we are um, social media is hyper important because people are consuming content left right center and if you are able to identify what kind of content is getting consumed on which platform on instagram it's mostly reels on linkedin it's mostly uh, posts on on twitter it's a different kind and on youtube it is obviously long format videos and now with youtube shots if you are able to identify what kind of content is uh, is relevant uh, which is getting consumed and create that content it's practically free traffic for your website right otherwise if you are running ads you know everybody is speaking about how ads are becoming expensive and extremely unsustainable i keep uh, going back to an example of uh, you know the creator economy right somebody who has uh, hundreds of thousands of followers or maybe a million followers has a ready audience who's willing to buy whatever that person is you know has to say right i i i go back to an example which i came across about raj shamani creating this platform called house of x where he launched at least two products one is called blanco which is a perfume in in uh, collaboration with the uh, with a with with the rapper king and uh, another one is some kind of a mixy which is mixer or something like that which is in collaboration with a um with a person who is uh, your food labs sanjay uh, yeah yfl and... yes 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 right so now i was stunned to see the speed at which they were able to sell goods without ever having to run an ad now that is a dream for any businessman for any d2c uh um, running ads is the only way to get more traffic to get more traction right and and content creators are proving na na that's not true anymore there are better cheaper and more meaningful ways to be able to get traffic than ads and that is through creating valuable content that's why i believe that every business has to become content creator solving the needs answering the questions that their customers are already uh, having in their mind right and like as you said that ads are becoming unsustainable for you know lot of businesses right now like what is happening with google ads and facebook ads i am listening a lot about facebook ads being unsustainable and taking a lot of money from you but the results are actually not that great for you know businesses by running ads on it what's the actual scene can you just can you just give our audience and me little bit of more context regarding that yeah okay see um, again i am not an ads expert but yeah. from a business owner point of view i can tell you how it is we 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 experimented with all kinds of ads we've experimented with uh, google and youtube ads as well as facebook and instagram ads and both of them have different purposes if you look at it google and youtube are search driven uh, you know platforms nobody comes there saying hey let's figure out what we will do somebody comes with an intent saying they're they're saying hey i'm looking for this particular solution so there is Uh, search intent which is there they are looking for solutions specifically which they are coming for and invariably they will type what they are looking for and if they if the right thing comes up uh, then that's good so the uh, the intent to take action on on youtube and uh, google is a lot higher uh, google and youtube is a lot higher compared to facebook and uh, instagram because on facebook and instagram it is like they are they are just going through just passing their day they are watching reels or they are watching some posts or something like there is no intent to search and you are interrupting them in the middle of something and then they click hey okay this is interesting let me see what this is about theek hai form fill karke dekhte hain kya ho jayega right so it is it's not the intent to buy is not there so you need to uh, i think the ads are going to become more expensive there is no uh, no two ways about that right but i think if you are able to understand what the platform is how it works then we can optimize it so youtube and google more uh, intent driven more action um, 
uh, you know, solution oriented kind of ads where people are ready to take action. But on Facebook and Instagram, more branding related ads is what I would say. I would say to create, increase your followership, but don't expect leads to. So the way I would say is Facebook and Instagram are a great place to be able to, um, to uh, do brand building, to get eyeballs, to get, get into the minds of people. And YouTube and, and Google are the places to be able to generate high quality uh, leads. So you should be able to, and we've also experimented with uh, uh, running ads on true color, running remarketing ads on true color is one of the best things that we have done because it's, uh, you know, uh, on pretty much any other platform, we've kind of become oblivious to the ads. We, we, we have a filter in our mind where we unsee the ads, but true color is one place where everybody uses true color. And the ad will will strike out. You cannot ignore it because it's there right on your phone every time the call comes. And when the call comes, your attention is on the phone because you, you cannot be distracted when the call is happening. So true color ads, I think, are, are a brilliant strategy. It has worked really well for us. And we also tried ads with LinkedIn. We have not seen much success, but LinkedIn has its own, uh, you know, LinkedIn is my favorite platform. But from an organic uh, content creation point of view, uh, LinkedIn is great for B2B businesses, but we have not seen much success with LinkedIn ads. Mm, interesting. That true color uh, ads was I was not uh, you know aware about too much. Interesting. This is yeah. this is interesting stuff. You are building your own you know followers on uh, LinkedIn, which is organic. That that as you said, I think uh, that is the way right now as well. That you jitne bhi organic logo ko like there is a uh, like in creators world, there is something called 1000 true fans. Hmm. As a creator, you only need 1000 true fans to sustain your business. If 1000 true fans can pay you 1000 rupees every month, then you hmm. are going to make good amount of money as a creator. You don't need right. large and large audiences to, you know, have that. And I think abhi wo micro creators and wo micro niche wale creators ka time abhi dheere 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 karke aayega because hmm. a lot of big niches are, uh, you know, becoming very crowded like comedy bahut crowded ho gaya abhi youtube ke upar to wo jo sketches chalte the 5 6 saal pehle abhi wo shayad se itne zyada nahi chal rahe like you know so these are some of the things i think as you rightly mentioned that uh, about raj chamani like they already have a distribution on their hand they just yeah. need to just create a product and sell it correct uh, i was just reading about this only uh, regarding like merchandising so merchandise mein, like Marvel makes so much amount of money from merchandise. Like Barbie made so much money yeah. uh, during the promotions of uh, you know the Barbie movie. I I want to know. Let's just go deep dive into the merchandising world. Can you just tell me like how big is merchandising market right now in India? Uh, I don't know. We don't have accurate numbers about merchandise. Okay, now let's distribute, define uh -huh. corporate gifting and merchandising are two uh -huh. different things. Uh -huh. Corporate gifting are basically gifts that are given out. So the consumer is generally not paying for it. And merchandise are goods which are created for, uh, which are made available for the public market. Now, uh, merchandise is massive, massive, massive business, right? Um, and all these uh, Marvel and Disney are all not movie production houses. They're, they're, brand creation and merchandise is a significant part of the revenue. Did you know that the Star Wars franchise, about something like 60% of their revenue comes through merchandise. Mm -hmm. Star Wars and Transformers and Spider-Man and Cars and all of these, uh, your, your Harry Potter and so many of these companies, about anywhere between 30 to 60% of their revenue comes through merchandise itself. I mean, recently I wrote a post about uh, 
Taylor Swift, there is, she's taking, she's making all the news headlines and she's on her era store, which is, which is, I think, 140, 150 shows across the world. And each show is generating a ticket sales of anywhere between 8 to 10 million dollars. And every show is generating between 2 to 4 million dollars in merchandise sales alone, right? So merchandise is big, big, big businesses. And as a, as a matter of fact, uh, the, the Marvel that you mentioned and so many of these movies, they're producing movies. Movies are really ads, right? For you to go buy their movie merchandise. If you think about it, they're, they're running, you know, two hour long ads to watch which you're going to pay. And then you're becoming fans and saying, hey, wow, I'm so inspired by this. Now I want that merchandise. I want that t-shirt. I want that particular mug on my desk or anything like that, right? So I think, I think it's really, really fascinating. Uh, and again, we come back to why that is the case, because we experience something, we experience in that movie we have, but, but that experience, whether we go on a holiday, whether we go to a movie, whether we go to a, a show or something, we experience something that is like beautiful and we want to cherish that experience, but that experience is over after an hour or something, you come back and it's, it's over. Merchandise gives, extends the life of that experience. If you're carrying a, a pack of playing cards or a doll or a, or a, you know, a t-shirt or anything else which is there on your desk, it's, it's helping you reminisce, relive that experience again and again. And I think that is the power of tangibility and that's the power of uh, merchandise. Corporate gifting is a slightly different game. It's, 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 it does the same thing, except yeah. that it is, uh, it is an expense which a business has to spend uh, to be able to build that loyalty, build that brand building, build that fan following along with their uh, customers, dealers, uh, and so on. The corporate gifting market is estimated to be somewhere between 50-60,000 crores to about 1 lakh crore Indian rupees uh, in India and growing very, very significantly year on year. Mm. And who are the big players right now in corporate gifting world in India? See, corporate gifting is a very, very, very fragmented business. There is no single player. Uh, there is not a single player who you can point out and say, this is a big, a big player. And I'll take you, since you asked about it, let me take you through a little bit the way I understand the, uh, the market of uh, corporate gifting, right? Um, any business can give gifts to their employees, to their customers, to their dealers, to journalists or to influencers or to the government. All these things come under gift. And what can you give as gifts? You can give anything, sales incentive. So broadly, we kind of classify gifts into three or four segments. One is gifts that are given to the channel which is your dealers distributors and those kind of things so these are typically sales incentive programs and these could range from cars and bikes and this uh, holidays and all of that kind of stuff also then there is gifts which are given to consumers or customers it could be b2c consumers let's say you uh, recharge on your airtel and you get something free or you book a particular uh, uh, you know buy buy something in a store and you get something free and you walk into our stall in an exhibition and you get something free. These are all consumer or customer gifting which has been given from something as small as, you know, open that chewing gum or whatever, that uh, Kinder Joy and you get a toy, a toy inside that or you buy a McDonald's meal and you get a toy with it or something. These are um, gifts which are given out to consumers or customers. The third segment is gifts which are given to employees. Now, employee retention is a very, employee recruitment and retention is become a very, very important part of any business. Uh, I think if five, five or 10 years back, you would ask businesses, what is your top challenge? Marketing, customer acquisition, customer retention, lead generation. These would be the problems that people would speak about. Today, when you're speaking about it, you speak to any business, 
एवरीबडी टेल यू अरे यार सही बंदे नहीं मिल रहे हैं टिकते नहीं है सो रिक्रूटमेंट एंड रिटेंशन आर अमंग द टॉप चैलेंजेस एंड एम्प्लॉय गिफ्टिंग is a, a plays a very very important role and, and not just gifts but also awards and trophies and all these kind of different things to basically to be able to uh give a physical form to the way i feel if i say hey i appreciate that you joined my organization and uh, uh you know you had other options and you took you decided to join our organization we really appreciate it and we give a gift to welcome you into the organization that it's like You can go to a wedding, but when you give a gift, you it's, it's basically आपके आशीर्वाद का एक physical form दे रहे हो आप. Gifts are something like that. And employee gifting is the third segment. And the fourth segment is includes you know all the others, which is gifts to journalists, gifts given out at events, maybe uh, school and college gifting, delegate gifting, and all of those kind of things. So all these segments put together, it it it's it's about fifty thousand to a lakh crore rupees but it's completely completely fragmented because the kind of gifts that are given also it doesn't mean you need one kind of supplier right when you say when when an organization says okay the lucky draw and somebody is going to get a tv then you don't need an agency or something you might as well want to speak to a tv manufacturer or an oem or maybe a tv showroom owner who is not typically in the corporate gifting business right so if you if if you say that you know our top 10 dealers we are going to take on a holiday you need a holiday you know vacation uh, planner or your uh, booking agent travel ticket booking agent is something which you need you don't need a corporate gifting vendor that's why the corporate gifting market is extremely extremely uh, you know broken and it is it's it's completely fragmented there is not one single player who is there who can say hey this is the biggest player in the market uh, most of them dominate in pockets there are some people i know i know some corporate gifting companies in mumbai and in ahmedabad who are uh, who just serve one pharma client and pharma until recently uh, there are some regulations which have come up because of which pharma gifting is gone up but until recently pharma used to spend hundreds and some of them even thousands of crores into corporate gifting itself and uh, i know some vendors who would just say hey this is the only client i am going to be serving and they are still making like a couple of 100 crores worth of uh, revenue so uh, there are different uh, msme business owners who are dominating different niches and that's what makes it interesting abhi tak ambani ya tata loan ki nazar is business pe padi nahi hai segment pe padi nahi hai kabhi na kabhi to padegi and that happens i think there'll be a lot of disruption which will happen in the corporate gifting space yeah yeah and what niche you guys are focusing on at offini we are focusing on the employee gifting niche that is something which we okay. relate to really really well uh, we believe that employee engagement is the need of the hour uh, i think now is uh, one of the hardest times to recruit and retain great talent because uh, of multiple reasons one is after covid uh, it is it, it it's become kind of uh, geography agnostic that means you can be working for any organization from anywhere that means the employees have plenty of options they don't they are not restricted so because of that the employee loyalty and the uh, the tenure that an employee spends with the organization is uh, reducing and uh, also with the internet and the gig economy opening up and there is plenty of options it's easy to be a freelancer there there you know social media influencers you can follow your passion you want to travel you can do so many things on your own it's very it's it's i won't say it's very easy but at least it's not very difficult or unthinkable for somebody to start up a business on their own so today the although you know we say that there is a lot of unemployment and there are a lot of uh, we can't find the, there's plenty of talent out there the talent has a lot of options so 
just as much care and time that organizations would take in acquiring and uh, retaining their customers businesses have to have to take great care in uh, re recruiting and retaining their employees and this doesn't matter the uh, geography the size or the sector of the business this is the truth and uh, uh, that is the space where we feel that corporate gifting is one of the tools to be able to improve employee engagement and employer branding and that's the niche that we uh, play in. Right. And I'm going to ask you very straightforward this. What was your last year's revenue? We were uh, close to 50 crores. Lovely. Lovely. And how many people are there in your team right now? About 130 people. 130 people. Across yes. your three offices? You, you guys have three offices, right? We have uh, Bangalore, Chennai and Hyderabad. We've just about started Pune and Mumbai. Okay. Okay. So by combining all these offices, you guys have 130 employees. Correct. Okay. Great. Interesting. Then I wanted to come on this, you know, employment and because of your part, because you are posting a lot about that topic on your LinkedIn as well. Yeah. You know, yes. about hiring and employment, like what is happening? You said that, uh, uh, you know, five years ago, people were focusing more on customer acquisition, uh, you know, marketing and all those things. Right now, they are focusing a lot on hiring a good talent and nurturing them or retaining them. Why? Yeah. So I have two questions. Like, what was, so then and now, what was the scenario before and what is happening right now and what is going to happen in few years now in employment? Mm. Employment, employment ka future kya hai? Mujhe wo janna hai? Okay. So um, let's say five, ten years back and now and five, ten years from now, what's what's gonna happen is five, ten years back, um, it was an employer's market, right? Uh, because um, employees didn't have too many options, actually speaking. You're an engineer, there are certain side kinds of companies that you can work for. If you have studied BCom, there are certain kinds of roles, certain kind of companies. And the process of getting the job was like build a resume, apply here and go for the interview. And, and that's how it was. Right? But something changed in the last five to ten years. I think internet has been the biggest game changer. right? Because the internet opened up, internet became accessible to everyone. And uh, you know, content became available everywhere. You didn't, it, it didn't matter where, which city you are from. You had access to the same quality of uh, knowledge or education. If you are smart enough and if you are willing to learn on the internet by yourself. So now what's happening is the, the talent pool which is there is like highly self-educated and they are the, the smart guys who are there, right? like yourself, right? You could have taken up a job somewhere, but you, you said, I'll not do that and I will, I will uh, do things on my own. They know how to, how to learn on their own and everything that you want to learn is already available on the internet. They know how to get things done and, you know, buildings, the, we are in the age of low code, no code. So you can practically create apps and you can create websites, you can create technology without ever writing a single line of code, right? So things are much different now. And because of that, it's become an employee's market, not an employer's market. So uh, organizations and, and also it's, it's done two things. One, it's become an employee's market. Second is the basic stuff for which you would hire people uh, are already being taken care of by a lot of software. So you don't need people who are doing even if he's not very intelligent, let's hire him and it's a simple work which is there. You don't have those kind of jobs anymore, right? Most of the like payroll, for example, there used to be HR, we used to be a lot about administration mm -hmm. and payroll and 
attendance tracking and all all of that stuff has been automated you don't tds role automate ho gaye hai ha ah, all of those lot of those compliance lot of those uh, manual things which were there have been automated so the uh, so because of that you need smart guys now now whatever the organization is you need smart people and smart people are uh, uh, you know are in are in excessive demand and smart people know how to create opportunities for themselves they don't need to uh, really stand in line and uh, you know seek out jobs and i think it is going to become more of that is going to happen going forward uh, that the uh, softwares are ai is coming in and there is a technology is going to be do able to do a lot of the easy work uh, which for which you need people and uh, uh, you know you, you need people to be able to do more of the smarter work more about the analytical more about thinking you need you need people who are doing the thinking part of the job that is something which is going to happen and people who know to think i'm sure they are going to learn to run their own businesses to be on their own and they're going to say hey why like you started uh, this podcast by asking me why did you want to be on your own right people are going to be want want to be on their own people want to travel today people have a lot of hobbies lot of passion lot of the uh, roti kabab makan issue which was there with our previous generation doesn't exist anymore they know kuch na kuch kar lenge uska to koi problem nahi hai so i don't see that sense of insecurity which people used to have 15 20 years back when i was in engineering like getting job recruitment getting campus placement was the most important thing because they knew if they went out of campus then getting jobs is very very hard but now that's not the case you know at the drop of a hat people are willing to uh, resign the average tenure of an of a employee um uh, staying with the organization is reducing drastically year after year so i think it's going to be very interesting how businesses uh, go forward but one thing is for sure recruitment and retention is going to continue to be among the top challenges for businesses going forward mm-hmm. so i i wanted to talk with you about this topic so let's brainstorm a little bit on it okay yeah. uh, let's just pass it on some of the ideas so from your answer i can collect that self education is is an enabler for lot of it is an enabler for employees market jo aap bol rahe ho ki it is a yes. big thing because self education is itna bad gaya hai people are wanting to be on their own ki main apna khud ka hi kuch kar lu maine apne aap se seekh liya apne aap se kuch paisa kamana bhi main seekh sakta hu correct so i think yeah i also think so that self education agar aapka ho raha hai then Uh, like before that also a lot of people young people especially used to take up jobs because they want to learn certain kind of thing there are also certain hmm. roles right now as well which there yeah. ki jahan pe aapko ek agar aap job kar loge thode saal ke liye you will learn a lot of things so right. uh, now from your points i want to ask ki abhi employers market ka fir kya ho raha hai employers market mein kis tarike se change aa raha hai like you are an you are an employer right now you are right. hiring a lot for your company then usme changes kya aa rahe fir abhi see uh, so i will i'll go back to your question and uh, correct a few things sab logon ko they don't want to do something on their own it's not easy to do be on your own uh, that's not the need for everyone but the need is there freedom is something which everybody appreciates a lot more than it was appreciated 10 15 years back right it was okay to say that hey you have a toxic boss okay at least salary are and continue but it's not like that anymore people have their own passion people have their own hobbies they want to have side gigs they want to uh, experiment people want to travel there are a lot of people who yeah, uh, who yeah. i see you know who who travel a lot they 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 experimenting doing their own side gigs they have their own hobbies they they have their own projects which are going on and things like that. so 
they would like to, some of them would like to uh, hit it on their own. But I, I don't want to make it appear that it's it's easy to, to do uh -huh. it, but it's far less difficult than it was in the past. Maybe going forward, it will become easier. So as employees, I believe people will look out for jobs. See, those people who anyway say, I want to strike it on my own, uh, that's going to be, I'm guessing somewhere between 5 to 10% or something. They're going to strike it on their own. At least they're going to attempt it. Remaining 80-90% are not going to want it. They're going to want jobs which will give them the freedom to be able to run side projects. So that work-life balance, which is which which we keep talking about, it was basically an MNC jargon, right? Software companies may or big multinational companies may work-life balance ka hai, but rest of the companies you forget work-life balance. But it's not like that anymore. Work-life balance is an important expectation that an employee has from an employer, irrespective of the size of the organization. So if if an employer has to be able to hire an employee, they need to be able to create a positive work environment where, you know, they're being treated well, they're being paid fairly, they're being given good opportunities and they're being also, uh, you know, respected that they have a life of their own outside of the organization that, you know, that there's something that they want to do on weekends. They want to nurture some of the uh, talents which they may have, which may or may not make money. That's a different thing. But they want to do all of those kind of things. So they're feeling more fulfilled and satisfied. So as an employer, I think you need to be able to respect the fact. Uh, I mean, if you if you look at old movies, right, Amresh Puri and all of these kind of movies, it's like I'm giving you money, you better do whatever it is that I'm uh, that I'm expected, right, what, whatever you need to do. But it's not like that anymore. You need to respect the fact that, uh, you know, you need to stop calling it the rat race. They're not rats. They are people who are uh, genuinely uh, building careers who are genuinely growing in their own uh, respective areas and they uh, they they have life outside of the office that needs to be respected it needs to be appreciated like I have people in my team who are bodybuilders who who, who are Instagrammers already who have uh, you know who have some enthusiasm in some kind of sports there are people who have interest in arts people who have interest they run side projects in uh, participating in movie industries they try to travel they try to write their own blogs. They have music, uh, musical and dance related passion. All of these kind of things which are there and they want to nurture, nurture those. So people will want to stay in those organizations which creates an opportunity uh, for them to uh, be able to balance uh, their passion and their work. Interesting. So what are some of those frameworks and mental models you are using right now that if let's say I'm a 24 year old guy, Right now, I what I care the most is my growth opportunity is organization ke under. under what leader, what kind of leader I am working with. You know, yeah. these are some of my important questions right now. Ki culture kaisa hai. So what are some of those, uh, as I said, mental models or frameworks you are using right now in your company ki jisse uske, uh, aapke jo employees unko growth opportunities dikhe. Ya to fir they, hmm. they feel safe a little bit. That made up growth, who are right? Absolutely. So, um, uh, I, I want to kind of draw an analogy to what I experienced this, this question which you asked, right? You're absolutely right. Today, uh, uh, employees who are coming in, you know, they have a lot more expectations. They're asking about, you know, what's the kind of culture? Who am I going to report to? What do I get to learn? Even if they're not asking upfront, you can see that these are questions which, which they have in their mind. I want to take you back to, I remember 2004 when I joined Infosys as a software engineer and I think uh, as a part of my batch there were something like 500 or 600 people who were there. We were trained in a 
um, they have a facility in Mysore, which is which is a phenomenal facility, which is there. Our batch of 500, 600 people who are trained. And uh, I remember Nandan Nilekani had come to uh, give us like a speech to uh, for the onboarding. So there's like a large auditorium and 500, 600 people are sitting. And he asked, what do you want out of your job? Okay. And in an audience of 500, 600 people, uh, I think one or two people said great salary. Apart from that, nobody knew what else to answer. What, what else would you expect out of job? You get paid on time. That is what you want out of a job, right? Nobody said learning. Nobody said work culture. Nobody said challenging assignments. Nobody said a great manager. These are expectations that people have today. I mean, 20 years almost. That was in 2004. We are in 2023. Almost 19, 20 years later. You can see that people want to uh, want to enjoy what it is that whatever it is that they are doing, right? So that is the need of the hour and, and those employers who are still stuck 20 years back who are thinking that, you know, just give them salary and they will do their work, no, are going to be at a loss. So I think some of the things which we do is we, uh, you, you spoke about culture, uh, we are, I mean, building a strong culture is I think the foundation of uh, building a good business. And what does culture really mean? Work culture basically means the attitude, uh, beliefs and behaviors that people within an organization demonstrate. How do they speak to each other? How do they, you know, what kind of language are they using? What, you know, are they respecting each other or not? And uh, what is their belief system about what will happen when, when a crisis hits? What is supposed to happen when we are going to celebrate? These are all things which are not a part of policy. You just, uh, you know, you just learn it and you it, it becomes a part of you and the newer uh, recruits which come, they, they absorb it from that. So this is culture and it is such a... Uh, you know, um, it's a little difficult for people to understand, but it can be created uh, uh, in a scientific manner. The way we do it is we have clearly defined what our work culture stands for. Our work culture stands for these four things. Work hard, learn, grow, have fun, right? These are four things which are which define, which are like the pillars of what it is that we do. Once again, that's work hard, learn, grow, and have fun. Uh, so everything that we do at our office revolves around these four things and luckily we are in that kind of business where we get to have fun where we are spreading joy uh, where we can see the impact of it once we, we we can see you know when we send out gifts to our clients and how they use it in uh, in their events and what is the kind of uh, response that they get and the testimonials it's it's all instant so we are lucky to be in that business but we consciously focus that you know we the culture of hard work is important you cannot do away with that right and we have people who are who are hungry, who want to achieve something, who who enjoy doing work, uh, who are uh, uh, you know obsessed with uh, delivering the highest value for their clients and so on. And uh, learning is an attitude which we which we so we create opportunities for learning as well as we try to hire people who are enthusiastic, who are curious, who want to learn. And if if they don't get stuck saying, hey, this is how it is, they you know we try to hire those kind of people and we create opportunities for learning. And we look for people who have the uh, hunger for growth. Uh, they should have a burning desire saying, I want to achieve something. And if, if, if we get that kind of people, then the environment is already there where people are learning, they're doing side hustles, they're doing mm -hmm. something, they're experimenting, they're innovating, and they're growing. And you can see that there was somebody who joined this organization a year back and is already growing. So they get the confidence that this can happen for me as well. And the most important thing that we speak about is it's important you, that you have fun. I keep telling people that the day you stop having fun, I think we need to relook at what it is that you're doing. It either means that I need to change my department 
or I need to change my job and I encourage them to do either one of them uh, if they are not having fun. So there, there is a, a thing which I do in interviews which my chartered accountant especially uh, gives me a rap for. Uh, he, when we, especially accounting roles, right? Typically you think of accounting roles as relatively boring roles. But I need my accountants to be able to tell a joke and then they should be able to smile. So if they are really good, so if they are really good at what they do, but they don't smile in the interviews, I will not hire them, right? So it's important that you have fun. So to me, uh, making sure that you're establishing very clearly what your work culture is about and nurturing that and uh, making sure everybody in the organization is able to understand and uh, we hire people who are already aligned to that work culture, it kind of... It, it, it's a it's a cycle which is there right the more people you take who already are aligned to that work culture they will strengthen that work culture a lot more so that's what we do which i think has helped us grow as an organization uh, as a company and and uh, you know help our team members grow as well mm -hmm. interesting i did a podcast with there is a company called white rivers media okay okay in mumbai so they are a very leading digital advertising company in India right now. And uh, I did a podcast with his uh, CEO, Shainik Gandhi. So Shainik told me one very interesting thing. So he was in Future Group. And uh, uh, at Future Group, his boss was Devdutt Patnayak, the famous novelist. Mm, right. So he when he joined, then Devdutt Patnayak gave him a very interesting uh, you know, analogy or example for growth. That ki Shrenik, agar tumhe growth chahiye life mein, to tumhe formula raad dakhna padega of LSD. Abhi LSD not different meaning. LSD matlab Lakshmi Saraswati Durga. Mm. So he said, Dhyodha uh, Patnaik said to Shrenik was ki at from the age of 25 to 30, Saraswati makes more sense than Lakshmi. Ki aap right. jitna accumulate kar sakte ho knowledge apna, aap apna kar lo. Then from the age of 28, 30 to 35, 36, Lakshmi makes more sense than Saraswati and Durga. So right. And after that, Durga, it's all about respect. Mm. So after that, uh, respect matters more to people than right. other things. So as an employer right now, so apply whenever there is an appraisal meeting is happening, He's not talking about Saraswati because he knows he is going to talk about with me Lakshmi. So right. whenever he's giving feedback, because advertising agency is very young right. So when he is giving feedback, then at that point of time, he is talking about Saraswati. Now in the core team, there are veterans in the advertising industry. They are, they are in this industry from last 15-20 years. So mm. they need Durga more than anything else. So he is right. giving them respect. So I found Brilliant. that very, very, very interesting. You know, that yeah. entrepreneurs can use this for at what stage is employer or employees coming in your company? Is it coming right. at 25 or 30? So you Saraswati to do it. growth opportunity is very big. 35 is coming to where money optimize money, so you can So I think you have to have that knack as an entrepreneur to spot that. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's a brilliant analogy which you've shared. Thank you so much. I think that's a super helpful framework which I can think about as well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Shrikant, I read a very interesting post on your LinkedIn, uh, where you, I, which I wanted to talk with you about. That like, there are two ways to grow a business. You mentioned in one of your, uh, you know, posts that magnify it or multiply it. 
can you go yeah. deeper on this can you explain this to my audience there are only two ways to grow a business either magnify or multiply okay what that basically means is that either some people have a more outdoorsy um, kind of a skill that means they are good at consulting they are good at convincing people they are good at meeting they are good at relationship building they are good at sales and uh, those kind of traits which which are uh, extrovert kind of thing in nature right so those people will find it more easy to grow businesses by magnifying their business what that basically means is they will be really good at selling products which are of high value so businesses like real estate industry construction and those kind of businesses where you need the project value is very high where you need to just speak to you know one or two or three customers and the project value might be running into crores or tens or hundreds of crores of rupees that is magnifying the business that means ek business ek project ek apartment ko build kiya and that itself is going to be your entire large part of your business but th- then on the other side there are people like me who are introverted who are shy who like to build systems who don't who are not good at uh, say sales skills are not uh, you know the best that they have uh, i'm not somebody who can si- sell ice to an igloo uh, what is that ice to an eskimo or whatever it is that you say right so i'm not that kind of person so for that kind of person we need uh, my approach would be more about solving problems repetitive uh, business building systems building technologies building uh, mechanisms that are repeatable in nature right so uh, those are ways where you can multiply where you can repeat 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 do the same thing again and again and you can repeat it things more like retail more like d2c more like uh, uh, you know restaurant business and all those kind of businesses which where the ticket size is smaller but the number of iterations is high that uh the value of the business becomes uh, bigger so these are the only two ways and depending on your skills and your traits you should choose one of these two paths is what uh, i believe if you are slightly more introverted uh, and sales is not your biggest skill and systems is your skill build systems if you are slightly more extroverted you are scared of excel sheets and you are scared of systems and you like being in front of the customer then build uh, businesses which require uh, you to magnify them right let's understand multiply uh, factor uh, again with a little bit of uh, more example so let's okay. take one business what kind of business you want to take let's take uh, d2c business okay okay let's we... let's take the food business okay because in food. the food business i will demonstrate both multiply and magnify ha uh-huh. food business i am running a uh, let's say a chips brand will mm. that be okay huh. yeah let's take uh, a restaurant it's easy uh, for restaurant, everybody because restaurant, whoever uh, start, decides to start a business <laughs> no first they will think of a restaurant restaurant ha chalo restaurant le lete ha explain in in restaurant terms so in a restaurant what happens is uh, let's say you put a qsr kind of a format where it's a small you know 400 500 square feet maybe minimal seating but more like burgers and fries or something like that your average ticket value is let's say 400 to 600 rupees or something like that now if you want to be able to grow in that business you need you know hundreds of people thousands of people lakhs of people to be able to buy that and if you need to do that as an entrepreneur you cannot be at the forefront you cannot be interacting with customers at all points of time which means you need systems you need to be able to make sure you know the the ordering mechanic the advertising mechanism is good the visibility of the the visual merchandising of the store is good and the employees are trained well enough that they can serve the customers and you need to be able to build these kind of systems so after the customer places an order the food is coming quickly the quality is good the billing system is good there's no pilfering so the entire thing is about 
pilferages about i'm um, sorry the entire thing is about building uh, systems which are replicable which are repeatable and maybe you build one restaurant then you say hey this is interesting now i can replicate this create another restaurant create another restaurant maybe start giving out franchises so this is how you can multiply the business and the only way to do that is make the systems as strong and as uh, fail proof as possible so that's the example of a uh, way how you can multiply a business hmm interesting very interesting thing happened during your entrepreneurial journey where you like completely uh, went broke and you were in 3 cr debt which is yeah. very like very high yeah as a leader what was your mindset back then what happened to you as an entrepreneur because it's a you know reality punch you in the face wala thing you know right. so how did you recover from that and uh as a leader what kind of things you said to your like people who were with you at that point of time and then uh how did you build after recovering uh you know from from your debt or from that situation particularly okay so i'll get into that do you want to also take the example of magnify or not required just multiply is fine i think multiply is fine because you okay. uh told like you know very yeah. good examples like real estate and all those things people okay. will understand in that okay cool uh so let me tell you a little bit a brief about how i ended up going into that debt so basically i started my business in 2005 and around 2010 11 uh venture capital funding became big in india right it mm. seemed like everybody everybody is building a startup and everybody is getting funded mere ko laga mere ko bhi chahiye but i realized that the corporate gifting business the way i was running it which was a brick and mortar business you cannot uh you cannot get funded and we made a switch to uh, at that point of time we were called gift wrapped g i f t w r a p p e d okay and then we rebranded ourselves as offineeds.com and we uh, created a b2b e-commerce platform where we would not just sell gifts but we would also sell stationery housekeeping office supplies pantry it hardware and all of those kind of things so that is what we wanted to do uh, but we failed absolutely miserably there are ton of reasons why we failed um but uh, uh, the but the but the main reason why i failed was instead of uh, kind of uh, going after customers seeking their feedback and genuinely solving their problems i was more busy going after investors and attending more startup events and things like that where i was not seeing any level of success so at one point of time we reached a stage where um, you know i failed to raise funds and i built a team infrastructure and a business which would not have been able to grow without raising funds and at one point of time it came to a phase where like i had to shut down right so uh, in in almost a span of within one week i had to downsize my team from about uh, i think we were about 40 45 people to bring it down to just five or six people let go of all my offices and uh, you know uh, focus on only thing which mattered which is uh, getting back to business and uh, uh you're asking me about leadership now but back then it didn't feel like leadership at all it, it feel it felt like the shittiest thing that i was doing it felt like i was uh, completely down and out and uh, i had uh, no choice but i had to do i had to keep fighting uh, right if there was a way other than fighting i would have probably taken that way like i reached out to uh, one of my friend i said give me a job and give me a sales job and i'll make sure give me a commissions based uh, system so that i can earn it back uh, but uh, 
you know, I didn't see much success. So I had to keep fighting. That was the only way which was there. So at that point of time, I was in a debt of about uh, 3 crore and we had lost a lot of credibility in the market. Like our vendors were not willing to give us credit and, uh, you know, customers were not happy with the way we were doing. We had lost out a lot of customers and we had to let go of a lot of employees. So, uh, so our, uh, my self-respect and the company's reputation was at an all-time low. And a lot of people ask me, how did you come from that? And, uh, you know, when, when they ask me, I can see that there is uh, expectation that there is this magic pill he did and he got out of that. There is no magic pill. You know, you have to keep doing the same thing time and time and time and again. And over a period of time, the results will start compounding. And slowly, the first three months, you know, people don't support you. Vendors don't support you. And one of the things that one advice one of my vendors gave me at that point of time is, Shrikant, I know you're a good guy. And I know you got into trouble. It happens. Be honest and admit what happened. And tell your uh, vendors, tell your customers, tell your employees. Be honest about it. Don't, don't have to sugarcoat anything. And be honest about what is your intent. What are you going to do going forward? And that's exactly what I did. I went back to my customers. I said, look, we've goofed up. We've done this, 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 these things wrong. I take complete ownership for this. And here's the reason why it happened. Now, I'm not, I'm not attending any startup event. I'm not looking at any funding, any of those kind of things. I'm focused on business. Please give me an opportunity. Okay, I know in the past my company has let you down. But this time, I'm taking ownership and I'll make sure I, I'll make that happen. And slowly, one customer at a time, one vendor at a time. Does that mean everybody said, okay, no. A lot of people said, to hell with you, right? But some people gave me an opportunity. Then over a period of time, that became better. After six months, it looked better. After one year, it started looking more better. And over a period of time, by around 2019, 2020, we had uh, paid off uh, most of the debts. And we were back in uh, business. Our team size had grown back to about 30, 40 people. And we, we had some offices, good offices where we were working out of, out of and our credibility was back in the market. But uh, if you're looking for it, I don't have any magic pill. There is no magical solution. Yeah, yeah. There, there are multiple learnings which people can take. One definitely which I'm taking is laser focused on one thing at yes. that point of time. And I think uh, <clears throat> in today's generation, as we discussed earlier as well, like there are a lot of options, which is a good thing as well. But it it is kind of becoming a problem for a lot of people as well, where clarity is gone, Correct. you know, in a lot of people and they are not clear about what they want to do and all those things. So they were, they are not focused and a lot of great yeah. results come out of a laser focused thing and tunnel focus that you are doing it. I think in bless, like in, in hindsight, uh, you know, this is the kind of best thing happened to you in your yeah. entrepreneurial journey, which make, yes. which made you a, a lot of resilient, which made you aware a lot of about your things that, okay, I'm doing this kind of things bad and I should not, you know, sugarcoat things. Absolutely. I'll actually second that, uh, uh, so what you're saying, because I think one of the main reasons why people don't get out of trouble is because they don't acknowledge they're in trouble. Yeah. I've seen this in a lot of uh, networking meets and everything. And when I, when I see their presence on social media and things like that, right? Doglapan will be there. You know, business is struggling. They're not making profits. They're not able to, but they're out on social media. They're out in networking with their best attire on. You need to do that, right? There's no, there's no two ways about it. I'm not saying you should not do that, but at least acknowledge, even if not to everyone, right? But you should know that I'm in trouble and I need to take action. Otherwise, if you, uh, if you keep acting like there is no problem, then 
there, there, you're not going to take any initiative to solve the problem, right? So first most, I'm not saying that you have to go out to the world and tell everyone that I'm in trouble. Uh, that is not going to help. But I'm saying internally you need to acknowledge that there is a challenge and I need to address it. Without that, there is no beginning to, uh, to solve the problem. Uh, absolutely. Point on. Uh, agreed with you. Because a lot of time when you acknowledge your present state that, okay, yeah. I am in a mess. That's where the growth happens. Because right. you go into that loop of, you know, being stuck at your problems again. Correct. But rightly said, like, I, I like, I liked your answer a lot. Now I want to go back to, uh, you know, particular part of our, our merchandising talk. So I was for preparing for this podcast, I was going through a lot of different, different merchandising, like what is happening. And I came across this lot of Harvard's hoodies and tees and all those things so i, yeah. I just checked like how how much money harvard is making from their harvard shop I, there is something called the harvard shop their merchandise and they are generating on a, around 14 to 18 million from that particular just merchandising thing <laughs> like like I, I was just blown away like shit and and their hoodie was on at about 275 dollars and right. uh, all those things so just tell me more about this merchandising world and are there anything, this kind of things are happening where brands or let's say institutions are opening their own brand shop where yeah. they are selling their own merchandises? Yeah, absolutely. So that's one of the things which we do. So we, we have a solution called official brand store where we set up a white labeled e-commerce website for a client or an organization selling their merchandise to their employees. Right. So we are doing this for some of the some very, very big names uh, currently. Uh, and uh, this is this is a trend which is starting to pick up in India. But the challenge with running with your running your own merchandise store, right, is that you need to hold inventory, right. So now, if you think about, let's say, a movie production house uh, needs to says, hey, we are we are coming up with an awesome movie, and you know, two months down the line, the movie is going to be released, and we need to produce uh, merchandise, right. The challenge is how much inventory to hold, and who is going to own the inventory. What happens if the inventory doesn't sell? What happens if there is more orders than there is inventory? These are all challenges which are there. And that is where we have a zero inventory model, which our customers are absolutely loving. For example, let's say you have a good following on YouTube and your community is interested in buying your own merchandise. We have a solution where we can set up a e-commerce store for you and manage the entire merchandise. You can have t-shirts, hoodies, you can have a bunch of other products customized with your punchlines, with your quotes, with your philosophies and with your... Uh, anecdotes and your, uh, you know, uh, some kind of graphics and all of that kind of stuff and run it on zero inventory. The way we do it is we have a state-of-the-art operation center in Bangalore where we ha have all kinds of customization from printing to engraving to embroidery, everything in-house. And after the order has been received, we customize and we ship it out, thereby making it zero inventory, which is kind of a superpower, right? Because now let's say the same movie production house wants to do merchandise. All that they need to do is we need to keep up, put up soft copies for them on the website and after the order comes, we will ship it. So there is no liability of inventory, which is there. And this is a big, big game changer. And because of which we are, we are able to win a lot of customers. We are, we are getting uh, companies who want to give to their employees. We're getting companies who want to give to create a merchandise store for their uh, dealers and channel partners. We are getting social media influencers, coaches and trainers who are doing, running their own merchandise stores for their customers and so on. So the, uh, I think the opportunity is very exciting and uh, quite limitless. Mm -hmm. And what kind of 
merchandising uh, this brands are doing right now like say you, you said that life coaches and business coaches yeah. are doing this so what yeah. kind of uh, merchandising they are making there so now let's say let's talk about a coach since you spoke about a coach right let's say you're a coach who is who is in the space of um, helping you rebuild your life set your goals and things like that right so once you typically these coaches are doing online programs so the relationship that they have with their student or their customer is digital and it's distant so let's say i am in let's say I, I, my business is in trouble and i go through a coach who says reset your goals do this 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 all that kind of so once you finish that course what is the first thing that you need to do you need to write a goal so you need a book where you can write a goals you need pens you need a goal card you need a poster you need the uh, you know you you create those vis- uh, vision boards and all of that kind of to be able to do that whatever is required to help them achieve that you can put it up in a merchandise store like we have there's one person by name siddharth rajshekar who's a very very respected uh, trainer based out of chennai he runs a community called internet lifestyle hub he teaches people how they can use the talents which they have to teach other people so his community has people who are yoga trainers who are uh, uh, stock learning finance management trainers relationship management about all pretty much all kinds of topics and if you attend his course the first thing that you need to do is after you finish his course you need to start recording so to record what do you need you have a webcam on your laptop but you also need ring lights you need the merchandise along with that you need a good mic system and all of that kind of stuff so we made a we made uh, it's called a freedom kit we made a kit which will help them record better content uh, as soon as they finish the course so merchandise uh, the tangible element which is missing in most of these kind of businesses is what merchandise uh, fills that gap and that's exactly what we do mm-hmm. and i think it it make their audience you know uh, like let's say belonging to a particular kind of community like i am a if, let's say if i am a cinephile and if i am wearing i am a big marvel fan i am yeah. wearing iron man captain america t-shirts which makes me feel belong to that group i i read this uh, quote from uh, you know kunal shah he said that lot of people think that they are uh, you know wearing clothes to differentiate from the crowd but what they're actually doing is they they want to belong to that particular crowd so i think yeah. this particular small small niches and small small crowds are happening where i, I was just blown away by this harvard thing that they are generating yeah. 18 million which is a Correct. very uh, big number for you know very particular limited amount of students kind of a community for that yeah absolutely absolutely true so what you said makes a lot of sense right so we as humans we are basically social creatures we like yeah. to group together <laughs> but previously pre internet we had to like our relatives and friends and our neighbors but because of the internet we can relate to something else it could be marvel cinema or it could be you know riding or driving or it could be coding or whatever it is and we like to wear something that expresses us and makes us a, uh, makes us a part of that uh, community mm-hmm. i think it, it does lot of Uh, make a lot of sense like if i am a productivity youtube channel running guy then it yeah. does make a sense for me to you know uh like make my own planners and yes. calendars and all those things because normal bhi planners wo sab milte honge but there right. is app because a lot of my audience watched a lot of my videos so unko itni zyada value mil gayi hai they want to get attached to my tangible things as well that yes. i am running i am uh, doing this utsav rambhas productivity wali thing i am using those kind of things it Absolutely. does make i think a uh, lot of creators will also you know come into this merchandising and lot of other things as well not only merchandising 
but different different kind of product lines that uh, we spoke about rachamai doing with creators correct mm. i think the more digital and more remote we go the need for more tangible the the craving for more tangible things is going to keep going up yeah yeah true true i think that's it for for our podcast i think we talked a lot about you know the employment and employee relations your leadership uh, merchandising topics is is there any particular kind of topic you want to talk about no no i'm good man this was great fun i think you are one of the most amazing conversationalists i've come across it's been close to one and a half hours and i didn't uh, realize that so awesome great fun uh, i don't have anything specific that i'd like to speak about i think this has been good fun can't wait for the out, out, output to come out cool cool shrikant i and i genuinely want to tell you this that you are one of the most naturally curious kind of a guy which i have come across because our show's name is just curious and i believe this uh, a lot that uh, you know curiosity can uh, open up a lot of opportunities for you in your life if you are curious because main aisa sochta hu ki aap einstein ke sar ke upar apple gira to usne ek question pucha ki ye kaise gira it was a curiosity which led to an invention of gravity and all those other topics as well uh, you know during that yeah. thing so i think if yeah. you are curious you can invent the world as well and you can make informed decisions in your life i hope you guys also enjoyed this episode comment down your favorite learnings from this episode ki aapko kya kon kon se topic pasand aaye kon kon si cheeze jo shrikant ne batayi wo aapko achhi lagi so on that note thank you so much guys for watching this and thank you so much shrikant for doing this thank you so much it's all it was great fun bye 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 सो दैट्स दी एंड ऑफ दिस पॉडकास्ट एपिसोड अगर आपको ये एपिसोड अच्छा लगा हो आपको कुछ वैल्यू मिली हो आपको कुछ नया जानने को मिला हो इस एपिसोड में से देन मेक श्योर यू हिट दैट लाइक बटन एंड शेयर दिस एपिसोड एज मच एज यू कैन एस्पेशली विथ योर फ्रेंड्स हु एज पर्टिकुलर काइंड ऑफ इंटरेस्ट इन दिस काइंड ऑफ टॉपिक्स एंड लास्टली डोंट फर्गेट टू हिट दैट सब्सक्राइब बटन थैंक यू सो मच